0: Welcome, friends, to the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. heads hey beth hey how are you hey, sammy
1: i'm i'm good it's, i'm 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 really good actually
0: that's good yeah i'm, I'm talking on the new uh, blue yeti mic you you sent me as a, as a, a wonderful surprise
1: so oh, you didn't have to tell anybody that but, i want to yeah. tell
0: the world
1: you deserve it you deserve everything it's it's, <laughs> deserve, it's you're my best friend
0: she's my best friend
1: my best friend we should i should grab that Audio.
0: This is Celluloid Pudding, by the way.
1: <laughs> yes, The Celluloid Pudding podcast. And Welcome. This is a special, uh, what do you want to call it, Sam? It's not a trailer. It's, it's not a... going to be
0: that special. But it's, it's, um... <laughs> it's special enough. Uh, it's like we, a we little, wanted little... to do just sort of a... Go ahead. We're, we're looking at Zoom, like our body language and who's going to talk. But um, yeah. we just wanted to kind of debrief and, and yeah. talk about what we've done and... Uh, also, um, some corrections that need to be noted. Uh, yeah, a couple in terms of fumbles of we had. Fumbles, fact finding, uh, fumbles.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I, I've been on such a high since we published the last episode, Sam. How about you?
0: Oh my God, yeah. And yeah. we've tried to ex- establish uh, a presence yeah. elsewhere um, on Instagram. Please, by all means, I have. I think we both have a lot of fun with posting photos and interacting with people. That's that's the one thing I miss or I haven't um, felt yet in pod pa- pod pasting, podcasting, podcasting. Beth, is that we can't get that direct interaction with people yet. And, uh, we we I have some we could...
1: ideas up our sleeve, though, don't we? We do. We do? We yeah, do. we do. We've, we've batted some ideas around that I think are actually pretty yeah. cool and innovative, so... Yeah. But um, we're not going to reveal them at this time. Yeah. But yeah, we've been batting some unique ideas around. Yeah. So um, but yeah, it's been it's been really nice kind of floating on a cloud since the last episode. Uh, and I don't know if it's because we talked about sex,
0: <laughs> a sexy movie. Or yeah. well, <laughs> what? I mean it was a deep, deep dive. And I don't know, even the music that that really Broaden my horizons, looking at the music, yeah. and dusting off an old ELO album, the ELO album, you know. The, yes, the EL, ELO
1: album. Uh, I wanted to say, you know, I, Sam's right. It's just kind of like we're uh, collecting ourselves and taking, <laughs> taking an assessment. Taking stock, yeah. Taking stock and reestablishing where we're at and how far we've come. And we're what nine episodes in. Nine movies, then Sam.
0: Nine or ten? I'm not sure. Yeah. We have a short in there somewhere that can or yeah. cannot count. I'm not sure.
1: Right. And we we drop. You know, when we drop a trailer, I look at trailers. I was going to ask you this because I I know you didn't want any homework, Sam. But oh, how did no? I knew I'm, it. I'm, I'm it's no. a pop quiz.
0: No, it's not.
1: Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's um. It's just I wanted your opinion. How do you look at trailers, for you, uh, um, in just in terms of creating and building the podcast? How do you how do you regard a trailer? Because I have a certain way I look at it, but go go ahead.
0: For podcasts specifically, trailers. Yeah, for podcasts our, the podcast. are all kinds of. Yeah, the trailers are trailers. Um, I think of a. Well, I will have watched the movie, of course, before making a trailer and, uh, I just want to get the essence of the thing out there. I'm often tempted to take sound bits from the, from the film itself and just sort of sew those together. That's awfully fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, and music is fun to underlay, pick something that is representative of the film. And I sound really pedantic and weird right now. Where's no, my looseness? No, I don't no, know. No, you
1: don't. You're fine.
0: You're fine. Well, how about uh, you? What what do you do?
1: I look at trailer I need a trailer. First of all, when I saw that you we had the option on anchor to put trailers down, I'm like, well, why why put a trailer down for a podcast? But yeah. I guess that was yeah. something that people did. And I always need, you know, when I feel when we do a trailer, I feel like it's our way of sort of regrouping because we don't, we don't necessarily have a particular genre that we completely just are focused on. You know what I mean? So a trailer is All just over sort the of, place. Um, yeah. And we're- trying
0: to broaden our own horizons and just get out of the comfort zone, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at you and talking over you. We'll get it right.
1: No, we're fine. We're fine. Okay, that was uh, okay. An unwanted, unsolicited phone call. So, but yeah, I, I, and I, I like that. I like that about our podcast that we're not married to one genre or one. What do you think?
0: Um, I, I'm. You know me. I, I want to look at anything and everything from, yeah. you know, yeah, up. Uh, you know, or or anything uh, to to what we did last time, which was some pretty risque stuff. Not the movie itself. The movie itself isn't isn't particularly explicit, even though the subject no. matter was. But right. I don't believe in censorship, so and I don't want to be fenced in. Right. To don't a, fence to me in. To a particular in. genre. Um, no offense to those who who do pick a genre and and do wonderful things with those genres. Absolutely. But the discovery process is really fun for me and important. And I think you're an, an info junkie too. Um, yes, we, we both love history and information right. and we seriously do some homework before each episode, I think. And yes, we do. the good thing is your mind kind of pulls you in one way and my, the things that pull me might be a little bit different. So I, I think they end up being complimentary in the end.
1: Yeah. Um, and when you've recommended a film for me, uh, I usually like it. And you usually like what I recommend to you. So we come from from two different, I think, uh, in terms of, I don't know what, about taste or preference, but we, we go down different rabbit holes, I think. And yeah. I think that's what's complimentary. I'm like, I'm going to go down this oh. hole over here. And you're like, oh. okay, I'm going to go jump down that hole over there. And I yeah, think that's and-
0: cool. I do think that's cool. And in terms of the subject matter, I mean, there, there are things that I wouldn't necessarily have picked. Um, American Sniper comes to mind, right? That wouldn't have been a film that I would have chosen, but uh, I had a guest ready who, who made that clear that he wanted to talk about that. And we, you know, opinions may differ, but, but we're looking at the merit of a particular film too. And, and also the themes within that, within that film it's all valid.
1: Right. And uh, I like that. I like Sam that you have seen films that you and you will throw out titles and I'm like, I've
0: never heard of that before. (laughs) Same here. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, matched up with a human encyclopedia and that can be a little daunting sometimes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I, I think people are human. You know, if you're if you're a film enthusiast, you're you're usually an encyclopedia about what you like and uh so that's why it's we also encourage any of our listeners if there's a particular film that you would love us to cover send us a little message sam put up something on our social media today what did you ask our followers
0: i asked uh what 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 the scariest movie you've ever seen is and I don't mean just having fun and the thrill and the adrenaline of watching a you know jump scare movie I mean something that that sort of hit you at a cellular level when you're a kid and of course mine is The Exorcist I saw it when I was 14 I wasn't supposed to but it was we'd just gotten home box office back when they had the little key on the thing yes and of course my mother never took the key out so (laughs) Uh, <laughs> defeated the purpose. And I watched the damn thing. And thank with, God uh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for your that's careless how i mama. received All of my sex ed is, is through home box office. And uh, yeah, that scared the hell out of me. And I slept with the lights on. And there's this flashy, horrible um demon thing, sort of a subliminal uh half a frame thing. Do you remember that from The Exorcist? Yes, I think I do. I don't remember well into my 30s. I I think that thing was bothering me and would flash when I was trying to go to sleep. That demon.
1: Mine was uh, made for television, BBC, uh, Frankenstein, the true story. And not that it was a particularly scary, it was a different take on Frankenstein, but I think I want to say James Mason was in it. And I don't remember who played Dr. Frankenstein, but Peter Saracen, is it? No, Michael Saracen played the monster and it was a different take on, you know, he, Michael Saracen was a beautiful man, (laughs) just really beautiful jet black hair and big, I think he has big blue or green eyes. And I think my 10 year old self like kind of had a crush on the monster but then something yeah. bad happens but there's a there's a scene in that movie i was telling sam about that just it stuck with me as, as a 10 year old and it just creeped me out and for years and it, they would always you know how and they would take movies sam in the 70s made for tv movies or whatever and they'd replay them yeah at like once every year <laughs> and every time it came on for like the next three years i couldn't bear to watch it because it just like upset me so much but finally i watched it it and what's it,
0: the scene again it, you told me this
1: earlier <laughs> So Dr. Frankenstein played by, oh man, now I need to look this up. He's <laughs> also a very handsome actor. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein is collecting pieces to build his monster. And I don't know if it was Frankenstein or maybe the James Mason character. I don't know if James Mason was playing doc- uh, Dr. Polidori in the film, because there was a character, Dr. Polidori, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he cut off the arm and it was in his medical bag and there's one scene where the medical bag tips over and the arm comes out and it's just crawling across the floor and it's <laughs> freakish and scared the hell out of me as a little kid
0: that would be very upsetting as a you know a 10 year old seeing this and yeah. wondering well it could happen i, I guess how's I, that hand
1: crawling across the floor mama
0: is that under my bed when I go to sleep? You know,
1: that's yeah. ex- that's exactly I think what what scared me. So, yeah. um, I uh, we did have a corrections corner, didn't we? So, we did. We did. Yes. I'm did you mortified wanna... about
0: one in particular. Can I start? I, I have one that I'm extremely mortified about. And really? Yeah. Well, now I'm curious. Yes. All right, Who
1: goes first? <laughs> you go first, and then I'll and I will guarantee paper, you scissors, that. Scissors, rock, rock.
0: Mine's paper, worse scissors. than yours. <laughs> Okay, mine was we did a short, not unlike this one, but very different in content. When um, three big uh, entertainers died: Sydney Poitier, Peter Bogdanovich, and Betty White. I can't believe they're they're gone. But uh, we were talking a little bit about Peter Bogdanovich, and Beth asked me what his most famous films were, and I said the Last Picture Show and Nashville. And of course, Nashville is Robert Altman, and. So I cringe. I just cringe to think that I, I made a big mistake like that. That's one of them. I've I've got more, but what's your your cringe worthy moment, Beth?
1: Mine's really horrible.
0: Really? It, I, I don't recall. It's anything really that bad. Horrible. What? Tell okay. me. Okay.
1: So uh, well, I'm I called Gerard Damiano Joe Damiano <laughs> <laughs> in episode one of Boogie Nights. And, uh, I did, I did apologize for it and we did correct ourselves. Mike, I corrected myself within the episode, but I called him Gerard. Uh, and, and then the big one, the whopper was, uh, I had mentioned Holly Randall's podcast unfiltered Mm. and Holly Randall is very, very accomplished and very influential in the adult film industry. And i just feel like an idiot she's she's a director she's a producer she's an erotic uh photographer she's published like three or four books of erotic photography <laughs> photography she is just a a big player in the industry mm-hmm. and a- along with just this little thing uh called holly uh holly randall unfiltered as well as she is the daughter of Suze randall and i just fleetingly made reference to Suze Randall, and I don't know if it's Suze or Susie, but Susie, Suze Randall was a, a British model, and she was, well, I don't, I'm don't. i assuming she's not modeling anymore, but the, she has a, a digital website. She was one of the first staff photographers for, let me see. She was the first... Uh, staff photographer it says here for um, Playboy but she'd also done photography oh, cool. for uh, for hustler for penthouse for where else high society so the mm. you know and so pr- prolific photographer her daughter is a pr- prolific producer of photography and um, they both have their place of honor within the industry and I feel like an idiot for not sharing that, so I want to
0: correct mm. that. We again. were talking about a lot, but that that is interesting to know. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't know that myself.
1: Oh, and uh, I believe Susan Randall was had direct one of was one of the earliest women to direct in the industry. So, okay.
0: very cool. Very yeah. cool. I mean, God, I'm going to be studying that topic for a very long time. I think. Don't stop with the movie now. Regarding the movie Boogie Nights, this is this is really embarrassing to me. I kept talking about a continuous shot of footage and calling it a long shot when that is a tracking shot. Yeah. And I just sound like a complete idiot amateur for calling it a long shot the entire podcast. No, it's a tracking <laughs> shot. And that's what I meant. And I knew what I meant. And I'm sure most people figured out what I meant, but but come on, that's, that's a common term that the people who like movies should really know. So, uh, I think it's tracking to, shot.
1: Yes, but I, I, I think overall you, you did great, Yeah. I, I think uh, I feel like we could we kind of cut loose a little bit on the second part of Boogie Nights, and it it feels better to just relax about it and just talk. About it yes, it. yes, Instead yes, yes. Being stuffy and I don't know didactic or whatever. So. Uh, so, uh, any ideas or not ideas, but do you have anything you want to share or disclose uh, as far as the future, future projects we might have coming up down the road?
0: Well, I do, we had t- talked about this before, Beth, and I like the idea of having themes for each month or season. Right. And can we say what we thought? About-
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have a special <laughs> surprise coming up in April. Uh, and we can talk about the the next movie that is coming up that we're covering. And I, I have to share this. I got a little weirded out after when, when we finished recording Boogie Nights. We were so help, happy with the way it turned out. But I got a little concerned when I was listening through the episode. And I thought, oh, no, are they going to think we're just going to do adult film
0: from now <laughs> because i was i was like we kind of sound like we are (laughs) no i think we were just that into it but no no we'll we'll cover all kinds of fair
1: right but we're just not going to uh we're not going to abstain from covering films that we want to film or that we want to cover such as if we want to do all four how how many manuals now um
0: (laughs) no um, like emmanuel in space emmanuel and Emma, i don't know
1: what was the trilogy that you uh had mentioned sam because that sounded really
0: interesting. i was given to understand there would be no homework required for this okay. particular recording <laughs> i thought <laughs> but he did <laughs> pa- pa- did you say pasolini oh that pa- that's, uh, yes that's the trilogy what I was of saying. life okay i thought I you would never the, throw, there was an emmanuel okay yeah there's, never gonna um,
1: throw the ball that you can't hit girl
0: okay sometimes <laughs> i can't see the ball though and it hits me in the back of the head so, uh, so, uh Pasolini's trilogy of life um beautiful uh trilogy where he does a take on the decameron on chaucer chaucer is a, a randy kind of mischievous guy not necessarily the tales themselves and the arabian Nights. and yes. uh, these these are all uh what what one used to call art house films. That's the other thing that embarrassed me. I kept talking about during boogie nights, um, everything but the euphemism art house film, and everyone knew when you went to the art house film cinema, you might get to see something a little more risque than than the mainstream Cineplex.
1: I I'm glad you brought up the the topic of art house film. Yeah, yeah, because uh yeah it was. Once upon a time, I don't, and I don't know what it's like in other communities, but there was always a theater that was reliable for showing films that were not just in indie films, but films that might have been a foreign film, or a film where you would see something that was more erotic in content. Would you agree?
0: Yes, what there was a Jerry Seinfeld episode and it was such a perfect, uh, I don't, <laughs> what's that called? It was, I, don't, was it I don't remember. Something, I want to say Absalom, Absalom, but it wasn't, yeah, it, was, it was, it was like Faulkner, it, but it was something like Rochelle, Rochelle. I was think that it, it? it sounds like it was Rochelle, Rochelle or something, yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just picked on, on the, that genre, the art house genre the whole time.
1: And I, I remember the local paper down here was for a while there not always but for a while there was really good they had they had a uh, pull out section for the the weekend section
0: and it yeah. would always
1: come in on fr- it was always in the friday paper and you could pull out and see what what movies were and playing in what theaters which now we use our phone for but you, you would always see that sort of art house recommendation like oh this this movie <laughs> and and they were always very good about reviewing that movie too so you know, if it was pretty good, they, there would be. museums
0: a- do that a lot. and still right. do, I think the right. the you know, international cinema. I remember being at the Norton Art Gallery in West Palm Beach. and I, I don't know. I must have been about eighteen. and my mother took my sister and me to go see a viewing of the nun. And that's Diderot's The Nun, not the, uh, who, what, what's that movie with um, Audrey, one, Hepburn? Audrey Hepburn? It, not, not the nun Wrong story, nun. but The Nun, <laughs> about an 18th century um, you know, series of, of really um, uh, sexy convents. <laughs> and, and, and I was mortified to sit there with my mother. who was looking at it with forensic curiosity. My sister's nostrils were a flare because she thought it was rude and crude. And I was just embarrassed that my mother knew I might know about uh, nudity or sh- whatever my problem was as a young person.
1: Would you say that that was the first uh, explicit film that you saw in your youth? Well, Other than- my parents
0: what- took me to see Jacqueline Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough at the movie theater. When I was What? Eight? I don't know. So... Good parenting. Thank you. I, <laughs> Thanks you know, for that.
1: it's interesting you shared that. I remember yeah. being very small and our, my parents piling us all in the car. And I think our cousin was with us and we went to go see the Godfather. Oh yeah. And, uh, I was little, I was real little. And I do remember the, the toll booth scene, the shooting at the toll booth scene. And I think at that point I think I got scared and put my head down on my cousin's lap. Who she was like sixteen, fifteen, or sixteen at the time, and just closed my eyes. <laughs> like this will I mean, be over an with intense soon.
0: Scene if you're a grown-up little yeah. kid. I mean, so. I was
1: a tiny, I was little, little, like five or six, and I think it. I for the most part I don't remember anything, but I do remember that toll booth scene, the shooting in yeah. the toll booth. Yeah. So.
0: What else, what else What else?
1: we've all been traumatized
0: <laughs> i think by her i was traumatized as a young adult with you do you remember going to see at cross county eight the yes. midnight showing of the texas chainsaw massacre yes and and we were doing that thing where you, you you're like sliding down in your seat and the and the universal you know um signal for all primates is to put your hands on your head when you're when you're freaking out and screaming and actually screaming from the depths of my soul because it's just they had the volume cranked yeah um it was horrible (laughs) it was you know
1: we every time in the past few years when we talked about texas chainsaw yeah it was weird because only recently did the vivid super vivid memory of the fact that you and I were the ones that went to go see Texas Chainsaw and there was nobody yeah. else it was just the two yeah. of us and um I think it was in the the movie had to have been out for 10 years by then right because yeah. it didn't it come was, out in the mid 70s yeah. and we That's we had, why it was a
0: midnight show it was yeah. a, an older film that
1: It might have even been when we were working together I can't re- I can't really remember exactly I when don't we either but we went to go see it and
0: I uh, just horrified <laughs> It's horrifying. I mean, and then you think about it being based on a true story and, and that, that causes some trust issues with, with with humankind. Uh, um,
1: Yeah. So that, I just, uh, I just think that the cinematic experience, it's, it's, uh, it's something that needs to be shared communally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes you know through all this uh lockdown stuff i really miss you know collective laughter collective gasping right you know all of that stuff i think um what was the last film you remember having that collective experience oh i'm trying to remember god i want to say it was At the um,
1: theater wow good question
0: captain marvel I, i'm not sure
1: I don't think it was Captain Marvel for me, although we were out and we did have a good time at that film. I think we saw another film after that. That can't be the last film that we saw.
0: Oh, Endgame. I I think Endgame was my last. Yeah, I'm trying to think. In the theater. What film did I
1: see? Out. It was probably... Oh, God. Was it a Marvel movie? I don't think so. Nope. I know which one it was. It was probably... uh, the last uh, of the Star Wars cycle trilogy. It okay. was probably the last film that we saw, that I can remember that we saw out together as a family. And um, I remember the last trilogy. I really enjoyed, was it Force Awakens? I think it was the first one. And uh, really disappointed in the second one, only because I just felt like it was a very disconnected story. and And I liked all of the characters. the the Mm -hmm. second installment of this this last trilogy and uh it felt like there was a lot of fan service in the third one for the kylo ren and ray shippers (laughs) but then i you know so i i I don't know i i he they it looked like they tried to repair some of the confusion because that that was all i took away from the second episode in that trilogy was there was confusion. I felt confusion. There was a lot of stuff going on. It's like so many moving parts. And I don't mm-hmm. mind moving parts because if you, if you look at the original trilogy, um, was it to uh, help me out <laughs> the empire strikes Want back. me
0: to help you out with that subject. Yeah. <laughs> empire.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> empire strikes back. Okay. There's a lot of moving parts in empire strikes back. There's, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Little storylines, and they all kind of the come, man um, in the together. plastic mask. I remember that part, right? The black plastic and, mask. But he was tall, but also short, and not the same person. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Beth, but, I can't have an intelligent discussion with you about. Well, that's uh, okay because the Star Wars universe. You know how if I we feel get to about... Trek, I'm better.
1: <laughs> you know how I feel about the the last trilogy. And yes. you know which film I think is far superior to any of those three, and and that is Rogue One. I feel like Rogue One is Rogue One made me feel the way uh, New Hope felt, which was which is the you know, the subtitle for the the first Lucas Star Wars film, Rogue One. And I know that probably has to do with where it falls in the
0: chronology, but the
1: feeling was there. The, the... let's do that
0: one let's do that one i'll be your ed mcmahon you'll and... be my ed mcmahon no i will <laughs> <No>, uh, <laughs> i'll watch it and have i really <laughs> no, write a song <laughs> called i'm your ed McMahon." I, uh, I
1: i really uh i really want you to see it Tim. i think you'd love it i think you'd love it it's it just is yeah. such a good film yeah
0: no i i will i will watch that uh all right to... so um no i i just have one more thing that i'm embarrassed about from our past episodes that I wanted to mention. Okay. And that's A Raisin in the Sun. I really, really enjoyed uh, doing my homework for that particular episode and learning about Lorraine Hansberry. Mm-hmm. But there is a huge symbolic feature of the film. And that's this little plant that um, our matriarch, Lena, uh, moves around, tries, nurtures it, makes sure it's getting enough sunlight brings it to the new house. And um, it's, a, it's a huge metaphor for, for the situation the younger family is in. And I didn't mention it. It's huge, hugely symbolic. I had it written in my notes.
1: I, yeah. I think there was just so much content in there that, yeah. and we really felt like we couldn't, we wanted to do the film justice. And I, I, I posted today yeah. on our Instagram you know, the early, the family waking up, and the, shot, the shots are uh, very dark, the lighting is very dark. So there's heavy, heavy, dark shadow. And, mm. but there is this uh, luster and sumptuousness to the way that w- the waking family uh, yes. scene is that really, really was uh, nice to like kind of observe you know, have your eyes just kind of a, just follow Ruby D's character as she's waking up
0: the house. That was a hard part, I think. I, I mean, I don't have the experience, but I imagine because it's an understated part, she has to be quiet a lot and just sort of express without words. So I, I think that restrained performance was really great. You,
1: you triggered. I just
0: had a an emotional trigger for uh, Tessa Thompson. <laughs> she had to be quiet. Uh, she had to be quiet so she doesn't get an Oscar. Oh you know,
1: Jesus! Let's talk economy. about that. That was something in the back of my mind today because yeah. I I knew that we were just kind of freeform this uh, this episode. Yeah, and sort of kind of take stock and then moving forward. And maybe mention the next film that's coming up. But we had that talk about the quote unquote Oscar moment. Yes. And explain to our listeners what we feel the Oscar moment
0: is. I, I <laughs> think what a we lot think of people of feel Oscar that the. I, I think the Oscar moment, the quintessential Oscar moment is when you crumble down to your knees and begin weeping and raising your hands to the sky going, oh, I am you, Lord, like overacting, almost yeah. overacting uh, traumatically, and that the subtle performance is overlooked. You, you've got to sort of shout it out to, to get acknowledged. And I, I, I thought that was the case with Tessa Thompson. Uh, It was a brilliant, subtle performance, but maybe too subtle for for some people to to even get it.
1: I thought all of the performances in that film were very restrained and I hate using the term restrained. I hate using the term refined. I hate Mm -hmm. using the term even subtle because just right and
0: perfect are not those things. It's very cerebral it's what you yeah. y, you wouldn't really gesticulate a lot and you know fling your hat and scream and right. you most people think in their heads about a situation that's odd wherever else you would think i don't know i just said think in your head it's a deeply but meditative film though you find it, is, it yeah and i, I passing is the film we're referring, yeah, we're
1: referring to, to. So. and um i just felt so emotionally invested in the story and the characters.
0: Yeah. And it's a beautiful film to watch too. So. I think we mention this every every day <laughs> every, t- every day, every other day,
1: <laughs> Sam and I bitch <laughs> about how is it that passing okay. So yeah. enough enough about that. But we I would like to cover the film somewhere down the road. But yeah, um, yeah I the whole Oscar moment thing.
0: What is your it, impression of the Oscar? I mean, I thought that's what you were referring to—the overacting moment.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what what I'm referring to. Is that it seems like the Academy, at least when they're nominating an actor, uh, they're looking for that high drama moment, that real, real high drama moment. And not everything in life is a high drama moment, Uh, acted, you know, upchucked in front of in front visually in front of people. And some, some performances are really, uh, what's more true to life is the internal pain that a, uh, an actor can express or internal fear or internal love because we're, we're not all o- overt about how we feel sometimes. Would you
0: agree? We internalize a lot, we mull it over, we percolate, sometimes we explode much much later after things accumulate right. and but I just I cry it out
1: yeah I just feel like uh, that's what when when they're when they're looking for film or for films to nominate and for performances to nominate that they're looking for that quintessential you know intense moment of performance and I just don't I don't think that
0: that or, that or an underdog performer. Um,
1: I think maybe but, what maybe what we're looking at is that the the academy is really fond of choosing adversity driven character stories.
0: And what is you "Don't know? Look Up" doing there? So so that's the other side of it. Like, what in the hell right. is "Don't Look Up" overpassing doing? It. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna we we go over this. We, fight, we we right. bitch about this daily, yeah. don't we?
1: yeah i <laughs> mm-hmm. um, i I do like the point of adversity driven character stories because there's that type overcomes their poverty, overcome do you know what I mean? Um, yes, so some sort of adversity, and the actor is dealing with it and they overcome it, and that's the story. It's kind of yes. Great people do that every single day. So I don't. It's like, a, yeah. why are you making so many movies that
0: are, yeah? So well, we like an underdog story, right? Uh, you know, as, as a culture, as a society, and right. and we like a rags to riches story, right? And we like the, you know, the bad guy to get caught in the end, and the good guy or gal to prevail. So there, there are all those tropes that are proven. And if you've got a proven trope, I guess the uh, money folks in Hollywood say, "All right, go for it, yeah, go for it. Let's not take chances. Leave that to europe
1: right and yeah. and a really where a really great, complex performance for instance, uh Glenn Close every time she's been nominated, uh <laughs> does not get the get the grand prize.
0: I don't understand so, that she's she's been in some terrific things. She's been uh, nominated. But so, never gets it.
1: Right. She's got the record, man. Record mm-hmm. not nominated this year. She was nominated last year, though. I think she—that's yeah. when she broke the record. She is now nine-time, nine-time nominee, no wins.
0: But I know for sure now. I was always a little skeptical of the politicking that goes into the awards, particularly the Academy Awards. Now I'm thinking, you know what? The little statue. It, It can't have that much meaning if if a film like Passing is (laughs) it's just it just can't.
1: I'm gonna have to edit out some of the. I would like. I know. I know. Furious about. I know. Uh, Yeah, I I do think that there is a lot of politics that play that that plays into it. Yeah. Uh, And and always will, whether it's uh, an influential performer, director. Well connected, great PR team. <laughs> uh, PR,
0: they're bingo. Uh
1: Harvey Weinstein was famous, famous for politicking for his films and politicking for the performers in his films to get them nominated and to get votes for them.
0: So yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of of you know angling for the award. I, I think it should be right you know, just keep quiet and let people decide, keep it true, really in a position to decide them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the way the BAFTAs are doing, do it, which it seems like they've branched out. BAFTAs have uh, debut categories. They also have uh, first time, you know, direct, you know, direct debut. So first time director, first time screenplay. So it, it almost seems a little bit more fair because if you have a novice director going up against someone like Steven Spielberg (laughs) and, you know, I'm not saying Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg is going to win this year, but there is that whole, that's the other thing about the Oscars, the whole. um, Uh,
0: It's a big chasm between a debut uh, artist or director and and somebody who's firmly established,
1: but but they, the nostalgia factor or the sympathy Mm -hmm. factor, Although,
0: yes, the you haven't gotten one in thirty years, so here's your, you know, consolation statue.
1: You're in the twilight of your career, so not twilight. He's, I mean, he's not.
0: In case you might die, here's a statue.
1: Here's a statue for you.
0: (laughs) That's a horrible thing to say. I apologize.
1: That it, but it, it is what it is. So, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, I shared with you my daughter's react. Who my daughter loves musicals period and (laughs) her reaction to uh West Side Story that his West Side Story was it's just she was like it's it was just so unnecessary now she she enjoyed it and she was she thought it was really great that you know you have people that are authentically of of that Puerto Rican experience and you know uh, ethnicity playing roles that seemed appropriate. But yeah. um, she's like, you know, it was just so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> wasn't just really broken. Didn't... Yeah, it wasn't broken, really. and and But it was very,
0: really... I don't know, too neat and clean, the original West Side Story. But at the same time, I had this sort of nostalgia, I guess, even though I think that's, when was that released? That was before our time. Yes, was that released, was definitely right? before our time. And I've seen stills of of the remake with Spielberg, and I didn't want to have any positive emotion about that because right. it, it is a remake and it looks fantastic. So it I look, think I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I am.
1: Uh, for For me, the original, I didn't give a crap about, and not nothing yeah. against Natalie Wood. <laughs> I just wasn't in, invested in the primary love story. Yeah, I saw George Chakiris and I saw Rita Moreno, and I was in love.
0: I I was embarrassed t- by the snapping dance. It so, still embarrasses me.
1: <laughs> I just think they just radiated from every time the two of them were on screen. Any either of them were on screen. I could yeah. not take my eyes off. And that was I was a little kid then. Yeah. And I think it was the I think I'd love I'd have to look it up to see when West Side Story was finally put on TV. And I, it was probably put on mm. Sunday night cuz back then you know, you, you'd have the big ratings grabbers put up on. See, like, hey, that's Sunday. what I'm talking
0: about with you being an encyclopedia. Like how on earth, how in the hell do you know when it was going to be played on television? It would probably be on a Sunday night. And I know you're probably right. The TV guy. daunting. Like how? how no, oh, I'm, just like, I'm just like, I'm just
1: remembering the trends back then. Yeah, you know, if it was a big movie, it was a big premiere that had never been, on tv before usually they put it up there on sunday night i could you okay. know
0: no, may- maybe wrong, maybe
1: it was a saturday but i'm pretty sure that i i was a child probably around 11 or 12 yeah. when it made its first premiere on television i'm you know what i'm yeah. gonna look this up maybe i'll mention it in the next episode okay. but um, do we want to it's like good do we, we wanna do want to talk, talk about, about that. the next
0: episode <laughs> Jinx, me we switched to Zoom so that we could sort of gesticulate to one another and not talk one <laughs> over one another. But sometimes we get really excited and, we're, we're and uh, do it anyhow. Um, yes.
1: Sipping delicious coffee out of our celluloid pudding out of our mugs.
0: celluloid pudding mugs. So, wait, I have to. I, it's hard <laughs> do to it do again. with my left hand. I want to go this way. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> god we're into ourselves we really are <laughs> and we're <laughs> if you're a narcissist you might want to become a podcaster <laughs> if, <you're- laughs>
1: if you like to listen to a couple of narcissists, no um so let's let's talk about our next project our next yes. film that we're doing
0: uh we're doing taylor H- hackford's dolores claiborne and i yes. i'm not sure when we're, we're recording that on sunday or monday and then it we're will be recording out thursday it will be out Hold on. Let me look at the calendar. Calendar. Let's see. Is this this month's calendar? No, oh, that's still on January. That's no good. I don't know where my phone is. Where's my telephone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, so oh, oh, oh I have it. I have that we're recording it on the Monday, but I can do it on the Sunday. No, yeah, I, I would rather
1: record it on on Monday. Because, yeah, I'd rather record it on Monday.
0: And and we've we've thought long and hard. We've been kind of, uh, you know, relaxed about when we release things, when it's ready, it's ready kind of thing. But we're moving more toward the idea of having Thursday be our release day, wouldn't you say, Beth?
1: Yeah, we're pretty committed to uh, releasing on Thursday.
0: Unless it's a special occasion thing like Valentine's Day. We wanted to put that out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, we wanted.
1: Well, I think. Two things about that. I think we knew it was going to be a big episode, and we thought, man, if we could just get a little content out there on Valentine's Day, what a sweet little Valentine for all of you wonderful followers.
0: Nothing says "I love you" like anonymous sex. So, um, that but was... it's true, Sam. <laughs> and um, we do have a surprise. Yes. We won't tell you yet. Coming up for Saint Patty's Day. So yes. I'm not sure if that falls on a Thursday or, or not. It Saint might coincidentally. Said-
1: does fall on a Thursday. You're and right. Yes, it does. it
0: does. Okay,
1: but we are we are doing Stephen uh, the film Dolores Claiborne based yes. on the Stephen King novel Dolores yes. Claiborne. It is a favorite yeah. film of mine. Uh, and Sam, I, I I don't think you've have you seen it. I don't think you've seen it.
0: I have never seen it, so I'm looking forward to to screening that for the first time ever. I I love Kathy Bates. I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, I think there was somebody. Else in it from a uh John C. Riley is also in John it. John C. Reilly's and I was surprised. A I very was surprised young, about that.
1: New face on the scene, John C. Riley. Yeah.
0: And uh Taylor Hackford directs it. I think I'm I'm giving away all of our, our content here.
1: No, we're not gonna give away all of our okay. content. But I'd okay. I would love to talk about Taylor Hackford uh, at the top of the next episode because yeah, uh, he's directed some really good films. Yeah. So it's a name that uh yeah, uh, if if you want to check out some really good films, that's a name to remember. And uh, very
0: in his canon or or his you know in his filmography, Dolores Claiborne kind of sticks out as an odd choice to me, compared to some of his other films. So I'm looking forward to, you know, what got into his head, why why did he do that one.
1: Yeah. I would like to find out how the, how the project got, did he kind of step forward and say, I want to direct this film or did somebody come to him and say, Hey, would you like to direct this film? Yeah, And I, I didn't even know about, you know, I'm, I'm a Stephen King fan and I, I generally though tend to enjoy his anthologies more than his novels. Not that I don't like his novels. I just really, I, I just, I love them. They're addictive to me more so than his novels. I found out about Dolores Claiborne actually from a coworker of mine, a, a, a guy who was reading it, who was a Stephen King fan, but it was just weird because he wasn't your typical reading a novel about a woman's, you know, that's yeah. titled by a woman's name. So
0: I think that's the genius of Stephen King is that really anybody who was into, into that genre would mm-hmm. pick up a Stephen King book. <laughs>
1: It, it was just I mean, shocking. Thing. If you had yeah. known this guy, you would have been like, okay, you're reading Dolores Claiborne. But then again, um, he also liked cartoons, but and so did I. So
0: <laughs> we had a lot in common. That's we did.
1: We liked cartoons and we liked going to the uh to the comic book like store. so a coworker of mine. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> <laughs> we liked soup and <laughs> We should do best in show. Although I don't even know how to do it justice. It's, I can't. It's it's hilarious. It, it's a things wonderful we movie. have in common. Soup. We both like soup. <laughs> but, um. Hey, this was supposed right. to be a short little. Uh, it is snappy an, bit.
1: It is a short little snappy bit, and I'm going to clean this up here at the end because it was a mess. Um. Uh, so we're. Doesn't we're...
0: that embarrass you in West Side Story when they do the the snapping?
1: Does it? A little bit. Yes. A little bit. Okay. Because they're kind of
0: squatting and snapping.
1: Yeah. When you're a you're. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. sorry. Right. You can so edit we'll, out that screaming. Um, oh, that was why Thanks. I did it. I wanted to look up on the calendar. All uh, right. So the third, March 3rd, March 3rd. Yes. Dolores Claiborne will be out yes. for everyone to listen to. And we are going to try and keep that schedule. From here on yes. out, releasing so every Thursdays Thursday. the day new yeah. new fair
0: on Thursdays, and I I hate this part. I'm not good at at um, self promotion because I think who am I? But if you do like what you hear with us, uh, please follow us on Instagram. We ha- what what is our damn handle? Put pod or cellular? P U
1: D D capital capital P U D D capital P O D
0: yeah. Put pod Put pod. Not pud pod, but pud, and uh, we, we just try to put up interesting questions and photos and things like that. But even more importantly, it's a way for us to be able to interact with you. Yes. And if you have any requests, or there's a film you'd really love us to dig into, or if you have your own insights, or you've done your own fact checking, and we've screwed up, we are really receptive and, and we want to know who's who's following and Which brings me to the second thing, following. <laughs> now, um, Beth has been listening to podcasts a lot longer than I have. And I used to do the buffet style, just sort of browsing through and, oh, that looks interesting and not bothering to follow people. And now that I'm doing it, I realize, oh man, that's bread and butter to some people um, if, you, if you follow them. And I think on Spotify, I realize Spotify is, uh, having some issues right now with, with, uh, uh, uh you know, the issues. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, here's,
1: yeah. Can I, I'll interject. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I had some really strong feelings about, uh, a certain podcaster, but I look at it this yeah. way and you know what, you've shown me the lights, yeah. It's just like, yeah. why should, why should, uh, we move? I feel like, you know what, you, just different voices so um and we're not uh we're not that kind of what's left uh, yeah Yeah. so i'm out here i have an opinion you're out here you have an opinion yeah and uh and so there joe rogan
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but but what i wanted to also say is it's really easy on spotify because it says follow in big, honest letters, there uh, it's easy to follow. And I was trying to—I—I I think they were called. Oh, shoot! Let me look. They're another movie podcast, and I really like them. Two British guys. Wait, hold on. I'll find it. Um, library. Let's see. I think it's called The Weekenders. I, I believe that. Yes. Oh, the week. Where did I get that? The Weekly Planet. These these are great. They're two British guys, and they just riff and talk about films and they also have a great segment called um what did they call it carnival of garbage where they (laughs) rip apart certain things (laughs) that that they think are just rubbish anyhow i love them but i went but i didn't realize in apple it's really hard to find the follow button but it's that little tiny plus sign on the upper Right. right side of at least on the phone i don't know on a computer or on a ipad or whatever
1: yeah and if you follow us we will follow you back we will yeah. And um, just don't slide I, into our DMS and tell us that we haven't claimed our million dollar prize yet.
0: Cause that, that we, kinda... we did get one of those who we were really <laughs> excited at first to be millionaires, but then we realized that maybe that wasn't true. Right. So, <laughs> so they can smell newbies a, a mile away, but, um, but anyhow, um, I, I hate doing that. Like saying, please follow us, please do this, please. But it's, it's part of the process and it keeps us, uh, it, it gives us, i don't know even more of an incentive to to put out the best content we're we're pretty self validating but but we'd love to hear from you um, Yeah. and we we'd love to become part of your you know usual fare okay can you put that in a better way because i think i just didn't no i just
1: it. um I, I think you know we all, we like to sign off uh, read something different watch something new open your mind And there there is just a limit there's a a limitless catalog of films out there that we have enjoyed and that we content that in in terms of watching film that is so varied and vast and uh and we just want to share it with people because we, we're really passionate about it. I, I don't yeah. think I've done anything recently in my life that I've enjoyed as much as doing this podcast. This very nature nascent- on
0: that. I'm right with you. This is so fulfilling. Right. And if we give anybody a modicum of joy or, or insight, or if it gets you down, uh, looking down a rabbit hole and right. learning something on your own, that's just all the better. Yeah. Uh-
1: and part of me feels like in sharing- And passing on some of these films that as a consumer, I'm going to get better things to watch and hopefully, and I know we do have some younger listeners out there who are maybe pursuing careers, uh, in film and oh my God, please tell your stories, be inspired by other great filmmakers and tell your stories and get out there because we're here to get, we are hungry for them, hungry, starving, starving for your content.
0: Okay, so I don't, I don't think I need to add anything to that, Sam. I don't either, except for, um, don't forget to um, pick your popcorn pocket off the theater floor. Be pick kind your mind. Get out of your comfort zone. Please follow us, um, pretty please. Um, we, we really appreciate Stop that. Stop begging. Um, particularly on, i It's, I'm it's begging. beneath you. It's I, beneath you, It is beneath you, Sam. me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'd like to know who's out there. I'd like to interact with you guys.
1: Yeah. We're having a blast actually. So, yeah. um, and, and we, and we love our followers. Yeah. So and It's spread unrequited the word. love
0: as far as we know, because nobody can tell us that they but love us back.
1: We open up our, our social media and we, we take our fingers and stroke it lovingly. <laughs> that sounds
0: really bad. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> I may not edit that out. I don't no, um The harp I'm playing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. We
1: got to get rid of that. All right. Kay. So nothing further. We don't know how to say them.
0: goodbye is what Beth is trying to right. say. We, we don't, just don't like know a, how to say goodbye.
1: Never can say goodbye. No, 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 no. Good- All right. No, 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 no. So that's it. We will uh, be dropping okay. an episode next week, March 3rd. Yes. Hope you tune in. Tell your friends. Yes. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And that's pretty much yeah. it. Be yeah. nice. Be nice. Thank, Be nice, thank you for
0: listening and big kiss moi and moi. good night and thank you.